Kasky hits this one deep to left field. This has a chance. This ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run. Now Caleb driving left side alley-oop to Nelson. Throws it down with two hands. Raiders make the handoff. Keeps it running left. He's across midfield. 40, 30, 20, 10. Jalen Rayner to the house. Welcome to the Second to None podcast. The A-State Podcast, presented by First National Bank and Kavanaugh Auto Group. Now, here's Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. Coming up, we'll talk about a huge week ahead for A-State Athletics. Lots of stuff going on, including baseball season getting underway. Also, we'll recap a lot of things from this past week, including signing day for football. Speaking of football, Coach Jones had a lot of guys showing out in the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Former players of his. We'll talk about that. Another big weekend for indoor track and field. And another busy week in A-State hoops. Speaking of hoops, that takes us to our special guest today. We'd like to welcome into the studio from the A-State women's basketball team, junior guard from Little Rock, it's Lauren Pendleton. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here. First off, we'll start off with the most recent thing. What was it like playing in this Sunbelt Mac Challenge over the weekend? You get in such a grind with Sunbelt play to step out of conference and fly up to some place you haven't been, Ohio, and play at Akron and win that game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. What, what was that experience like for you? Well, first, I want to say the whole – we got to charter this trip. So that was my first time doing it. So that – that's a different world. Yeah, that that piece alone was cool, and that's something that a lot of people can't say that they were able to do. So I'm glad I got to experience it. And, I mean, the game, it was just like any other game, honestly. But I will say the refs are a little – I'm not going to say they're a little sensitive, but a lot of the stuff they were calling, it was like really ticky-tacky. So I think that was the biggest difference. The game's over, right? Mm-hmm. You won the game. So, like, there's no – repercussions for being honest with this answer now that now you know you've won the game okay because you said it's just like another game Mm. but was it like mentally could you really did you go after it the exact same or is it weird playing a non-conference game in the middle of february no honestly i didn't think about it being different or anything because i mean we did lose on wednesday so we couldn't just go into that game like oh we're playing. It's not a conference game. Wah, rah, rah. But, like, I think that was a game for us to kind of, you know, bounce back, especially going into this week. We have two big games that we really need uh, for conference. We got a lot to talk about with you here, L.A. Uh, first off, everybody calls you L.A., mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to call you here. Now, the A, I guess, is middle initial. What's your middle name? Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. So a lot th- of people didn't don't know that. They're okay. like, they thought the L.A. was just from the first two letters of my first name. And they're like, where does L.A. come from? And I look at them like, my middle name is Ashley. I don't know that. And they're like, oh, that's where that comes from? Did Ashley. your parents just call you that growing up? Or was that something from your Actually, an uh, uh, old friend of my mom, she she came up with that when I was younger. She used to call me L.A. And then in school, I guess, I don't know who heard about my family calling me L.A. <laughs> so everybody just started calling me that, especially in basketball. Everybody calls me L.A. It's a cool name. I think it's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we got to the bottom. It was on my <laughs> list of things to make sure we're covered because I didn't know the origin of that either. Yeah. It's a family friend. We had you as a guest just last week out mm-hmm. at the coaches show at Lost Pizza. And we, we got into one topic in particular. And it's something that Coach Dez brought up during the show. And, you know, the fact that you had that big home win last time you were at home against Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a really good team that you beat. And there were just so many times you, you've played the best teams in the league this year. Mm-hmm. And you can even throw Georgia State into that category. That was a really good team that you played back on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But you've played the best teams in the league right down to the wire pretty much all season long and come up just short. Mm-hmm. And I know kind of the theme going into that Old Dominion game was, hey, this is hump day. we got to get over the hump against these good teams. And you were able to win that game convincingly. Mm -hmm. So just the mindset of this team right now, knowing you you can beat the better teams, all the teams that are right there at the top of the league, I'm sure there's a a confidence there, right? It is, but it's also a situation of – Every possession counts, and we we understand that, especially knowing that we come that we've come so close to beating those 
higher ranked teams that we're like literally one or two positions away from winning. And I think now we pay attention to the details more and we can't have like mental lapses for a quarter. Like we, we can't afford that. Cause I mean, against Georgia state, the second quarter was not great for us at all. And then, I mean, the fourth quarter, we didn't score well at either, but I mean, if we had maybe another minute or two, that game would have been ours, but had we just handled our business in the beginning, then we wouldn't have been put in that situation. So I think now is a situation of we can't take quarters off because I mean every position does count especially now well since you mentioned we can't take quarters off the weird one to me in watching you guys has been the second quarter mm-hmm. there's been a lot of times where there's been you guys will give up a run in the second quarter and then come right back and just come rolling out of the locker room mm-hmm. so what what's the deal with the second quarter I don't know. Maybe, maybe we like a little razzle-dazzle. Maybe like a little challenge. <laughs> get, like, keep people on their toes. I don't know what it is about that second quarter. You want to see Coach get all fired up at the half. That's I what mean, you're... me personally, I don't. But, I mean, our uh, halftime conversations is <laughs> pretty intense. So, I mean, we just <laughs> we just kind of come out knowing, like, hey, y'all, we don't want what happened in the locker room at halftime to happen after the game. So, we got to <laughs> we gotta come on. We got we to gotta do something. And, I mean, I don't know if y'all have heard, but we – we say this thing now in red when uh, the shot clock gets down to 10. So that basically means like lock in for these next 10 seconds. Because the coaches realized that we were like giving up like small things at the end of the shot clock. And now when we yell red, that means everybody need to lock in and at least secure a rebound, make them take a tough shot, something. So next time, next game, when y'all hear us say red, that's what that means. Yeah, we'll be yelling it too. On defense, yeah. 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 Code uh, red. Code red. <laughs> it's one thing that we, we've talked about before, but – you and Izzy Higginbottom and Winter Rogers three years ago were the top three ranked players in the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. All three of the top ranked players in the state in that particular class are here at Arkansas State. And I know you and I have talked about it before, just mm-hmm. how cool that is yeah, that, is cool. that you're like all in the same place. Yeah, it's like me and Winter, like I said, we played to, we played on the same team when we were like third or fourth grade and I mean I never thought oh I'll be winner's teammate again because I mean we were like little kids I mean but Izzy and Wynn they played on the same team growing up and I never played with Izzy I like I never saw her play I never played with her or anything but I remember I played pickup with her one summer my senior year I was like ooh yeah, Izzy's, Izzy's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Izzy she lives up to the hype for sure and then I remember her seeing that she was gonna get in the portal after her first year you know, I swiped up on Instagram as like, you know, we have space for you over here if you want to <laughs> you wanna come to A-State. And, I mean, I guess she – I think that she was already being recruited by A-State before, huh, mm-hmm. was she? So, I mean, maybe I was a, a little push to get yeah, there. Yeah, didn't hurt you at all. Yeah, for sure. And then when, I mean – I've always kept in contact with Wynn. And we play pickup as well in high school. So, A-State is a great place to be. Well, that's what I was going to say. The, you mentioned that trio – the difference between you and those other two is you came here from the tip. So tell me how that came to be. Tell me why it was Arkansas State for you. Honestly, A State was the like they didn't they didn't beat around the bush at all. Like my first time talking to them, they were like, "We want you to come here." I was one of those COVID recruiting classes, so everything was virtual on Zoom. And they were like, "We we we want to offer you, and we want to go ahead and get this Zoom that whole spiel." And I think it was either the, the day, the next day, or later on in the day. I talked to the coaches, and everybody was, like, cool. Everybody was welcoming. I already had a relationship with Coach Dez and her family. It just felt right. And then I had a conversation with my family when I got off the Zoom, and I went ahead and texted Coach Dez and Coach Matt at the time. I was like, I'm coming to A-State. So I had what? never even visited the campus either. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd never visited the campus. I never went to any of their games. But that was really a situation where you just got to put your trust in God and hope for the best. So tell me what it was like for you this year in that UAPB game, really, really deep roots there, right? Yeah, my basically my whole family went to UAPB, from my mom, dad, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody's gone to UAPB. It was kind of like bragging, right, in a, a little bit of it, but it was also, I'm, I'm just playing UAPB, because I mean, it's just UAPB to me. And right, who's the SWA? Uh, my grandmother. Yeah. Betty Hayes, yeah. You know it's just another game, but. It was bragging rights for but sure. But now they know. Because I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what the deal is with UAPB fans and me, but I wasn't like 
pumped up like, oh, ha, 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 ha. it was just another gang. And they, I feel like their fans that are that's close to my family, they were like, oh, yeah, PB's gonna da da. So I was just like, okay, we're gonna see. And we saw. <laughs> Had a pretty good game there. We did see, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's a process getting to know your new teammates as good as they are when they come in. There's a period of time where you guys got to figure each other out. Yeah. Last year, it was Izzy's first year here. And now, even though you and Winter knew each other a little bit, it's your first year to play with each other this season. So do you feel like you're locked in with each other now? Did it take a while? I mean, did did you have to figure out? I mean, there's only one basketball. Obviously, you got to figure out how to share as well. Yeah, I think that just comes with understanding what your role is for this team. And with some of the transfers that we did have, a lot of them haven't really played basketball since, like, high school. So we have a few people that's – well, a few players that's still trying to, like, get into, like, college rhythm in terms of, you know, playing and decision-making. But I think we did a great job in the summertime of, like, really just kind of getting to know each other's games, getting to know each other's roles. And, I mean, Coach Dez did put, a, put us in, like, uncomfortable positions, like mixing up the rotations and just having to, like, figure out and go through the growing pains of it. Because, I mean, that's a part of it, especially with a new team. And, I mean, we did – we used our summer and preseason. We used that time wisely. We were in the gym forever. And then we had, like, extra workouts with that. And it took a lot of time. But, I mean, we're here now. So, For you, how hard is it to find that sweet spot? Because here's the deal. Understand that kind of the way things are shaking out, right? I mean, Izzy's pretty much good having to play the point she's mm. going to have the ball in her hand mm. and we also know that you know, what she's doing from a scoring standpoint so like how much sort of trial and error or figuring out like you got to find this spot between hey i understand izzy's got the ball in her hands but this team really has to have you be the other kind of main scoring option so kind of what was the trial and error of figuring that out uh, me really just understanding my role because I mean I know the type of player that I am and I know that I bring so much more other than scoring and I mean when I do get the opportunity to make decisions on offense and defense then I mean I'm old enough mature enough to make those decisions I mean Izzy's a great scorer she makes great decisions and she puts people in the right positions to be able to score as well I mean she's leading the team in assists so clearly it's just not easy 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 mm-hmm. doing all the scoring she's doing she's affecting the game in other ways find ways to trust each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that trust builds with time. Mm-hmm. And you know that Izzy's going to find you. Mm-hmm. And I know that's just a process. Yeah, for sure. Like, me and Izzy, I'm going to say, we bounce off of each other a lot, as you can see. Like, it's some games where if I know Izzy is fired up and during the time, I told her the other day, if they're going to keep giving me the lane, keep going, keep scoring. Like, don't stop because somebody – Cause you're scoring too much. Like what? What is that? Go, go get a bucket. <laughs> like don't stop. Like if if you have a lane, if you have an open shot, Izzy shoot the ball. Izzy go, go score. What? Do your thing. You can get too unselfish sometimes as a player, though. Mm-hmm. One thing I can tell you about LA here is uh, I don't know where specifically she learned to shoot, but I can tell you this: it did not have a low roof. <laughs> where did all this arch come from? I used to shoot on a gun a lot in high school. So after practice, I would stay after for hours. Well, not hours, maybe like hour, hour and a half. And I would just shoot on a gun, shoot on a gun. And since the gun has that the net. net on it, yeah. I just, yeah. you got to get the ball over the net. So, I mean, got to do what you got to do, really. <laughs> you yeah. wanted to make sure you cleared it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's free throws and threes. Really, all my shots have that really, they really high did, Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It does become a problem sometimes when I'm, like, tired in my legs. It does become a problem there. But when I'm fresh and good. Was it Old Dominion or was it the game before that where you hit the, the deep one and that was, like, uh, really even you? That was kind of a crazy amount of arch. Yeah, South there. I didn't even think I was going to make that. But I know I had to get a shot. Off, so I was like, we might as well shoot it. But I'll take it, though. <laughs> Somebody said something about a balloon. Somebody said something about it hitting the roof. I heard a bunch of stuff about that shot. I bet. Yeah, I, 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 I did see it. some social media chatter about that. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to make this shot. But I had to get something off, so might as well shoot. Hey, you know, if it works. What provides, though, is when you, when you shoot like that and you swish it, like it's the best swish because that mm-hmm. sucker really is dropping straight yeah. through. Yeah, That's when you hold that follow-through a little bit longer. Yeah, it could easily <laughs> be an air ball, so I'll take the meat. <laughs> I love the story we were talking about it during the coaches' show last week. I asked you the question just how Coach Des challenges mm-hmm. you and you said that she never gives you a foul call during practice oh, no. you know going in that she's not going to give you a break but 
you understand that. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the way she does challenge you. Yeah, definitely have to be tough. Because, I mean, <laughs> like, even if I'm asking, oh, coach, can my team go on defense first? No. Why not? Because it's you, L.A. What? Coach, I thought we were cool. <laughs> cool. We were cooler than that. But she does. She has definitely pushed me in ways that I just – I never would have thought I would have been pushed, especially coming in college. Because, I mean, you don't really hear about that kind of stuff coming from players, how coaches have the ability to, like, push buttons that you didn't even know that you had. And she's definitely done a good job with that. And it has helped me grow, not even, like, in the game, but, like, mentally and, like, in life. I just never would have thought that she would be able to push me in that way. And I appreciate her for that for sure. What's it been like, and I'm just going to ask this because I want somebody, somebody that's there every day but kind of not one of the people involved directly. You know, it, It's hard, and matter of fact, I don't think they ever found an example, another example of a situation where a college coach is coaching their little sister. Mm-hmm. What's that been like to watch? And I guess I cut straight to it. Do you see that does winner get more grief from Coach Des than anybody? Win might get it the worst. Yeah. Yeah, like, she, like Coach Des doesn't have the mentality of, of oh, I'm going to – coddle her she's my sister like she's really she's definitely tougher on win for sure and not only is she tough on her but she also pours back into her and tell her like you're a great player you're a scorer you're you're a good decision maker like there's no need for you to overthink or do any of that but she also challenges her as well and she holds her accountable just as well as anybody else here's one more question along those lines now follow me here as i set this up okay because we're gonna go we're gonna go poll people who don't know okay but we're going to hand them like a team picture. It's got all you guys in it, mm-hmm. staff included. And we're going to show them winner. Okay. And we're going to tell We're going to walk up to a hundred people and tell and point out winner. And we're going to say, this player's sister is on the team. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. What percentage of those 100 people are going to pick Des or what percentage of those hundred people are going to pick Anna? If you tell them winner's sisters out there, pick winner's sister. Honestly, I think the percentage of people that would pick Anna would be a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> they honestly when when Wynn first got to campus and we started like practicing together, I used to confuse Anna and Wynn as well. <laughs> I'm like cuz I'd be like Wynn, I mean Anna. Bah. And then like I actually had somebody when we played, I can't remember who we played, but they they asked me like in the middle of position, are they are they twins? Are they sisters? <laughs> like no, they they're not even related at all, but like it's the hair color, the skin tone, the the height. If you just like look and glance, do you think they were that they were the sisters and not Diz and Wynn. I thought so too. I just wanted to hear if she... And they kind of acted like too. Like outside yeah. of the court, they they kind of acted They're like... They're together. Yeah. Like, I mean, early on in the year, like you go back to season opener, they played the same position and each played 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Twins. <laughs> One thing uh, I know you've talked about in the past is the fact that well, you're into creative media mm-hmm. and had a cool internship over the summer down at KATV. Got to work with our friend Steve Sullivan down there I know that was a cool experience for you yeah it was Steve he's really cool he didn't he wasn't one of those I guess I, I guess I call him my supervisor I guess I don't know but he he wasn't one that was just like just gonna like show me how everything works he actually let me be like hands-on and do some of my own things I said on the show the other day that he let me keep all of the stories that I did all the recordings that I did he took me on like when he would um like travel throughout the city he would let me ride and do some of the interviews and stuff so I really appreciate that experience because he didn't have to do that and I also got the chance to do like some freelance photography stuff with the Travs and um, Little Rock too. So in this day and age I mean like creative media can mean so many different Mm -hmm. things what's the end game like what do you picture yourself doing when it's all said and done? I want to do social media for a professional sports team preferably the NBA but if it's a professional sports team that would like to have me I would definitely take it. I just feel like I need to be around that space. Professional athletes. And it's also kind of tied in with entertainment as well. Sure. Yeah. It's a great field. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have that experience already is yeah. is fantastic. And look, I know it's not just down there in, in Little Rock mm-hmm. over the summer, but you're involved on campus as well, right? Oh, yeah. I help out with the Red Wolf Roundtable. I just mm-hmm. started with that. I haven't really been able to do it because we... Um, been traveling and stuff but professor sullivan he does a great job with giving with a lot of hands-on experience in the studio and stuff i actually joined a sorority last semester too so okay yeah delta sigma theta sorority yeah shout out and they're at hey yeah and they show up a lot and when they do they bring signs Mm -hmm. first row of the student section they're always there have you ever seen professor sullivan get upset i haven't his head get all red 
No, I've seen him get Nobody turns red quicker. <laughs> I've seen him get irritated, him. but not not like upset. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that slide. <laughs> he is a cool dude, though. I, I love Professor Sullivan. He, he is. is yeah. we, we got, we're still getting used to hearing Professor Sullivan yeah. when we... I don't about have his him. class this semester. You know, he, I mean, he's an, uh, not, I don't know about original, but close to. He's a from way back in the day, naked guy. Uh-huh. You know, the naked guys that show up at the games and paint oh, the stuff. Oh, he did tell us that. Yeah. He told us he did that in college, yeah. They show up in the red and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, just the face on L.A. just now, thinking, what does that mean? Yeah, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> he had hair. He showed yeah, us that, a video of him. It was a long time hair. ago. Yeah. <laughs> showed us some of his little broadcast stuff he had here what else are you into outside of basketball what do you do fashion music really anything in the arts really so like music poetry like i said fashion arts music all that kind of stuff i did that stuff growing up i went to a magnet school so i was exposed to a lot of that stuff early on give I me some music collecting hats too you know, is that the reason we're wearing a random chicago white Sox cap yeah i'm not really i'm like i know a little bit about baseball, but I really just buy the hats just because I like them. Right. I just bought one the other day. Oh, there was a time when they came out with that logo. Everybody yeah, wore it was the, a really the yeah, Sox it was hat. like a pop culture deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was back like in the nineties, maybe. But, it's but yeah, back. you're so, bringing it back. I am. I just bought a pinstripe New York hat the other day. No, it's brown. Jeez. Well, that's probably not going out of style. Give me some. Uh, music you like or somebody, some either style or an artist you're into that people might be surprised by this is actually yeah, this is a fun fact uh before the games like i know how some people like listen like listen to rap mm-hmm. and like hardcore stuff but i listen to jazz 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 blues and stuff yeah like coltrane ella fitzgerald billy holiday stuff the like classics that. do you yeah. think your game is jazz i want to say yes because i feel like i keep a level head like i don't really i'm not really a firecracker so I, I think that jazz music kind of like mellows me out. Got to be able to improvise. That's jazz. Mm-hmm. And I used to play the piano when I was younger, too. So I was kind of exposed to those artists when I was younger. I'm sure there's a ton of studies out there about warm-up music and how it translates to the actual game. I'm sure those studies are out there. But, you know, you definitely keep a cool head. Yeah. That's one thing we've talked about with coach des in the past is the fact that she's such a cool customer on the sidelines even though she's got that fire inside of her mm-hmm. she does a really good job at least keeping that she stores uh, it up for halftime keeping that until <laughs> halftime right? mm-hmm. i don't know well but that... you've seen that fire from her i know yeah i have but we're honestly we're kind of different in that um aspect because she likes listening like during practice and stuff she likes listening to like rap and like hardcore stuff like yeah, I come know on. the songs, of course, but like if I ask to play R and B, she always says no, because she says she's gonna fall asleep. So <laughs> I don't know. She does keep a cool, cool head on the sideline, but do you like the uh, Super Bowl halftime show? I did. I honestly didn't really turn the Super Bowl on until the halftime show. Now I watched the rest of the game, but for me, it was more of Usher's performing, and not I'm about to watch the Super. Bowl. That was a good performance. It was. I enjoyed the one last year better than this year, but. What was last year? Rihanna. Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna. Yeah, she, she showed was up. And nobody knew great. she was pregnant. Her performance was great. Yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. It's the highest viewed Super Bowl uh, performance in like last few years. I saw that on Instagram. This has been fun. It has been. Yeah. I've glad never done a podcast like this. We're excited about the rest of the season. There's lots of good stuff coming up. You feel good about getting to the tournament and making a run, don't you? You made a run last year. Yep. Won a couple of games there. That was a good feeling, but... It's pretty clear this is a better team than a year ago. For sure. I think the the telltale is really our defense. Our defense is like night and day from last from last year. And I think now it's more of a want to and not of a have to on defense. Shout out to Coach Rudy. Really? That's who you give the credit for that? Yeah. He, he handles our defense. And defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator is what they call him. He's done a great job. How cool is it to see um, your story? Like, and, and people haven't seen this team lately or whatever. I mean – Cheyenne Forney goes from a kid that I think played in five of the first 10 games, five DNPs in the first 10 games, and even the five she played in were probably a couple minutes here and there. So it's a kid that, I mean, it, honestly, it, the coaches may even told you, hey, we think she's really going to help us next year. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, yep. here she comes. Like she, like, 
number one, how'd that happen? And number two, kind of how cool is it to see that happen and what she has helped bring to you guys? I think it was a be ready when your name's called situation. Because, I mean, Coach Des has said before, like, they didn't think that she was really going to play that much this season. And when we were playing Louisiana Tech, we, we, we needed help in that position. And Shaw came in and held it down. And when we looked up at the box score, I was like, Shaw, you did all of that? <laughs> good, good game, Shaw. Good game. And then just from there, I mean, Shaw works hard in practice every day. She's continuing to learn and grow. And, I mean, we, we really need Shaw in that position as well because she's big, mobile. She rebounds great for us. She alters shots at the rim for us. And we, we really appreciate Shaw for sure. And she's she's a really positive person too. Like, Shaw's not the type of person that gets down on herself or gets mad at the outcome. She just comes to work every day and does, does her job. L.A.? We appreciate you joining us. Thank you all for having me. That's Lauren Pendleton joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Kavanaugh Auto Group and First National Bank. We'll be back right after this. Get huge savings now at every Kavanaugh dealership. Kavanaugh has a great selection of late model, low mileage, certified pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And most are still under factory warranty. We have every make and every model, so you're sure to find the vehicle you want. And when you buy at Kavanaugh, Every new and used purchase comes with one year of free maintenance. Plus, we buy cars. Bring a vehicle, get a check. Come see us today at one of our dealerships or go to KavanaughCars.com. Red Wolves fans, this is Coach Destiny Rogers, and I'm asking you to help our student-athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that highlights our commitment to teamwork while raising awareness and support for our local community programs. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team letters, special gear, and exclusive access that you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at ImpactClub.com. That's Impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T Club.com. Your support makes a real difference in the lives of our student athletes and in the future of our sports program. Wolves up. And we welcome you back into the Second to None podcast presented by Kavanaugh Auto Group and by First National Bank, where they put you first always. Looking back at what happened with the basketball teams this past week, we'll start with the men. Played the final two home games of a four-game homestand. And on Wednesday, James Madison was in here a James Madison team that was 20 and 3 coming in they were ranked in the top 25 for a good part of the early season and you saw why this is a really really good basketball team but there was a big push by everybody and you my friend are a good part of that as far as uh just having a, a huge crowd out there and man it was fantastic over 3800 on hand Wednesday at First National Bank Arena, the largest crowd in over seven years. Yeah, I think you go back probably to a Little Rock game in the McCaslin season. Yeah. I think was uh, the last time there was a crowd bigger than that. Uh, they were great. Big student turnout, big Greek turnout. And, you know, just to, to be honest, you know, Centennial Bank, uh, Davey Carter kind of played a big role in that because they just kind of on their own said, hey, we want to offer up a prize to the Greek organization with the biggest turnout. So that was a big part of it. Um, shout out to the Kappa Alphas who won that prize. Yeah. And then uh, I, I also want to shout out the group that felt like they were wronged in that decision. Who was that? That's the A-State football team. I'll tell you, the football team was great. I saw them over there. Uh, they were making a lot of noise, and you could tell they were into the game. Yes, they were. And uh, – that was cool to to have them there. You know, that was the word we got is that, hey, the word I kind of got was, hey, the entire team's wanting to come, but, you know, coach wants them to sit together. Where's the best way and best place to do that on a night where you think the student turnout's going to be big? And we decided that Section D closest to the visitor's bench was the spot. And when we did that, you know, Mike Wagner, the new director of football ops, I was talking to him. I said, look, and we didn't talk a lot about it. And, I, and, and I'm going to tell you this. I don't think the conversation Mike and I had had anything to do with what the football players did. But we did say, hey, you know, if we're going to hold them this spot on this night with a big student turnout, then they can't come sit watch the game. They need to be involved. And like I said, I don't think that's why they were, but they were. Because that next thing I got was word that dudes were painting their chest and they were asking if I had megaphones they could borrow. And so, I mean, they were all in and it was fun to see them over there. And I saw videos and pictures from team leaders like Justin Parks and Jalen Rayner and 
man, they were all in on it too. So that was uh, that was really really neat and certainly added to a great atmosphere on Wednesday night. And then one thing, just kind of, and then we can transition kind of back to the game, which obviously we'll talk about. But the other thing we did that's been become a little bit of a a tradition, I think, since Coach Jones has been here, is that um, they've taken a, full, a basketball game and, and picked it out to introduce the midterm enrollees, the members of the signing class who are already on campus. Yeah. So, so there were 17 newcomers that fans got to see for the first time, and it's kind of a little extra twist for it to actually land on National Signing Day this year. That worked out really well. That was neat to have Brandon Baxter out there introducing those guys at halftime. As for the game itself, the Red Wolves got off to a very cold start from the field, shot just 19% in the first half. And even shooting 19% in the first half against a team that good, I guess perhaps a little bit fortunate, you're only down 13 at the break. Got down as many as 16 in the second half, and great job making a late push for the Red Wolves. Got to within four, and a lot of that was thanks to the team shooting 57% in the second half, but ultimately fell short 77-73. And, you know, a 16-point second-half deficit, it's tough to overcome against anybody, but especially against a team as good as JMU. Yeah, because the biggest compliment I can give them is that, uh, you know, there were a handful of times, and I don't just mean in that late push. I mean, plenty early enough in the second half to do something about it where the crowd was getting itself worked up and gotten into it, and the team had strung together a couple of baskets and a stop, and maybe that 16 got to 10, and here comes the crowd. But every time you got to that here comes the crowd – James Madison went down and hit a yeah. shot. Yeah, they hit some timely buckets, and they're able to win by four. Which was significant to some people. May see Scott Van Pelt talking about that. <laughs> you could. I'm, I was wondering if that had happened, to be honest with you, if that had, uh, if Bad that had made that uh, particular segment or not. The uh, Red Wolves did rebound, however, on Saturday – Playing in the Sunbelt MAC Challenge. They took on a really good Ohio team that had won four in a row coming in. You know, you and I were sitting down and talking before the game just about, you know, our feelings about the game. It was a different vibe going in because everybody was so up for the James Madison game. And look, you know, you're taking on a really good team, but how are you going to use this game Saturday? Mm -hmm. Were you going to use it as a springboard going forward? That's kind of what our hope was, that maybe you're able to get some confidence back and build on that going in to the rest of conference play. And I think A-State had a fantastic approach to this game. And look, it didn't start off really great. I mean, Ohio went on a 9 nothing run at one point. They're up 27-18, to just under 10 minutes to go in the first half. And then our guys, after the 9-0, answer right back with a 15-0 run. And it seemed like we were in control the rest of the game. Yeah, you can go back before that, like, right? Wasn't it 6 nothing, three possessions in? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, and you're yeah. just like, okay, here, you know, because you did put so much emotionally into that James Madison game. And it is a, a non-conference game. And that's the, reason, that's the reason I wanted to specifically ask Lauren, about kind of how that felt. Yeah. Because you didn't know kind of how these – I mean, these players aren't dumb. They know the difference between a conference and a non-conference game. And so it was going to be interesting to see how the players dealt with that stuck right in the middle of things. But, yeah, good response from the team. And uh, they, they just showed, like, how fun they get to – they can be to watch when, when they start making shots. and Hit uh, the 100-point mark again. Yeah. I don't think uh, Ohio figures that there's – many times they'll score 87 and lose. 100 to 87, the final. Red Wolf shot 64% for the game. Pressed the whole game, too. And that's one thing I asked Coach Hodson about in our post game was kind of the plan going in. He, he said he told the guys before the game, hey, we're going to turn up the pressure a little bit and see what we can do. And, you know, they forced nine turnovers, but points off turnovers were in favor of the Red Wolves, 17 to 8. And, you know, with the turnovers being even, that was big because Ohio was top 25 in the country in turnover margin going in. A-State also out-rebounded Ohio, 31-21. And how about the play of Taron Todd? You know, he had scored 18 in that game against James Madison, and then he followed that up with 20 more points 
against Ohio, and two of his better games this year have been part of the Sun Belt Mac Challenge. He had scored 31 against yeah. Bowling Green earlier this year. It's going to be the Mac Player of the Year. He might be. Uh, and it's interesting what you just said. I mean, kind of people run the numbers real quick. You only force, you said, nine turnovers, but you score 17 points off of them. That's a cash in just about every one of those yeah. things in. You can't Isaiah, be much more efficient in the points off turnovers department. Yeah, Isaiah Nelson had zero points and one rebound at halftime. He finished <laughs> with 17 points. Of course, all of them coming in the second half, and all four of his rebounds were on the offensive end. So. Isaiah played well in that second half. By the so, way, by the way, we've been doing this thing just before you get away from it. Last week we tried this thing where, like, in the second half, we'll go over in front of the student section, stand behind the kind of right behind the goal. We're not blocking the shooter mm-hmm. when the opponents shoot in free throws in the second half. Basically, if students get up and make noise. If they, get, if they force a miss, then we you know, we'll toss a T-shirt to a student who is yelling. Uh, and that's been sort of the thing. If they're at the line in the second half and, you, hey, if you help force the miss, we're going to toss somebody a T-shirt. But I said, to heck with it. When Isaiah Nelson hit a three, I threw somebody <laughs> a shirt for that, too. <laughs> so you can either force well, the miss or Zay hits a three. We're going to throw a shirt. Yeah, when he hits a three in a game, you know it's a good day. So <laughs> he's now two for ten on the year from three-point range. But he got that one to go. By the way, the Sun Belt goes 10-2 and two this weekend against the MAC, and for the year, they finish 15-9 and nine against the MAC in the Sun Belt MAC Challenge. Again, just more proof that this is a good league. The MAC only has 12 teams, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was 12 in each instance. Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, women were on the road this past week, and we talked about it earlier uh. with L.A., Heartbreaking loss on Wednesday at Georgia State, a game in which A-State led by five in the fourth quarter. But Georgia State went on a 9-0 run late, and the Panthers end up winning it by two, 58-56. Izzy with 24 in this one. And winner Rodgers had seven points and a career-high 14 rebounds. Then on Saturday, Red Wolves played in the Sun Belt Mac Challenge. The women able to win handily at Akron, even though they were down one after the first quarter. They scored 28 points in the second quarter. See, you were ripping L.A. on the, the second, second quarters, quarter. yeah. And uh, they scored 28 in well, the second nice. quarter Saturday. By the way, because, I mean, just figure, you know, that that's a 112-point pace. If you... You're right. They were up 13 at, at the half. They go on to win 81-67. Red Wolves shot 53% for the game. Held Akron to 36%. Izzy with 25.6 assists. L.A. had 20 points and six rebounds. And Anna Griffin with 19 mm. points in that one. I mean, that's what, 64 points out of those three. You get that, and guess what? You get really, really tough to beat. <laughs> L.A. does so many things we talked about, and I think I probably touched on this last week with Anna Griffin. But, I mean, right now, I can just watch her shoot and tell you if it's going in. Because if she catches it in rhythm, she's making it. And that, that's just kind of what she's evolved into here is that uh, you can pause the video off her shot. And I'd already say, yep, that's going in. And right now you're saying, yep, a whole lot more than no. She's really, really shooting the ball well. We'll tell you what else is happening in the world of A-State athletics when we come back to wrap things up right after this on the Second to None podcast presented by First National Bank and the Kavanaugh Auto Group. At First National Bank, our mortgage lending team knows what it takes to make a home and a superior home loan process. Simple, proven, and reliable service with competitive rates at a bank that already feels like home. Since 1889, that's been the First National Bank way because for our people, this is home. Apply online at fnbank.net slash mortgage. From our family to yours, welcome home. First National Bank. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. This is Coach Butch Jones, and we need you to help our A-State athletic programs by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that is making a real difference in the lives of our student-athletes. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access that you will not find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. That's impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T club.com. Your support is greatly appreciated and is helping our programs right now. Wolves up. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by First National Bank and by the Kavanaugh Auto Group. You can check out Kavanaugh's entire selection of new and pre-owned vehicles at KavanaughCars.com. Need to talk about football and you mentioned this earlier. The 2024 signing class now complete. 
Coach Jones announcing the final 16 players on Wednesday in total. 36 signees as part of the 2024 class. 25 of those being high school players. 11 are transfers. You want to break it up as far as each side of the ball. 16 offensive players, 20 on defense. And the ones already on campus were at a press conference on Wednesday. And you mentioned those midterm guys were also at the basketball game on Wednesday night. Yeah, it looks at 17 total. I think there were 16 scholarship guys in a walk-on that came out uh, Wednesday night. The, the quarterback in that class got a Josh big reaction. Flowers, yeah. Josh Flowers. Uh, oddly enough, Malik Hornsby seems to get, seem to get a nice response, <laughs> probably for a couple of different reasons. Probably so, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, good to see. It was actually, crowd really got into uh, seeing those guys for the first time, just kind of help in that uh, really good atmosphere in there Wednesday night. Speaking of uh, Coach Jones, he uh, put it out on social media the other night, and during the Super Bowl – you remember the trick play that the 49ers ran, the double pass in which Jawan Jennings threw a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. And the video that Coach Jones put online was one from when he was coaching Jawan Jennings at Tennessee in a game against Florida. It looked like the same exact play. It, it sure did. And Jim Nance actually referenced it when it happened. I mean, Jim Nance came right back with Jawan Jennings threw a touchdown pass uh, in a game on CBS against Florida when he was at Tennessee. I mean, boom. He was just like – and then to see Coach Jones and tweet out I mean, identical plays. You know, if San Francisco kicks an extra point or ends up, yeah, I think, even winning that game in overtime, depending on how they did it, I think Jennings would have been the MVP of the game. I think there was a good case, and that certainly crossed my mind at one point. You know, he might be the MVP of this thing. And either way, Coach Jones was going to have a guy that yep. was a Super Bowl champion. And, of course, Travis Kelsey, his most well-known former player, a big part of that Kansas City victory Sunday night. To any of the Arkansas high school football coaches that might be listening, I saw Coach Jones Wednesday night at the men's game, and I said, hey, are you going to Vegas? And he said, no. He said, I'm not going because – we worked too hard. Like the entire staff went down Saturday to Hot Springs and spoke to the Arkansas Football Coaches Association. And he's like, "I'm not missing that." Yeah. So I'm not going to the Super Bowl. I saw a picture of him giving that talk. Yeah. So good for him. Indoor track and field with several different meets over the weekend in Birmingham. How about Bradley Jelmert? He did it again. Won the men's pole vault in Birmingham, and he's now won all five events he's participated in this year. Jacob Pyatt breaking his own program record in the 5,000 over the weekend at a meet in Boston. Hannes Fall broke both the school and conference records in the mile with a time of 4.02. Mm. Your man, Lassa Funk, <laughs> yes. ran a 4.05, which was third in school history. He gets the third best time in school history. He can't even be the best on his team that day. <laughs> yeah. Can't get a break. Third best in program history. Second best of the day. <laughs> and uh, Cheyenne Melvin broke her own school record in the 800. Meanwhile, in the Music City Challenge in Nashville, Kenyon Parker finishing third with the third best time in school history. And, of course, all this is a lead-up to the Sunbelt Conference Indoor Championships, which will be taking place next Monday and Tuesday, the 19th and 20th, in Birmingham. And hopefully we get a Sunbelt champion in here, as we usually do after they win, and we can hear all about it. Maybe it'll be lots of funk. It might even be. I'm thinking Bradley Gilbert might be a pretty good yeah candidate though so yeah good luck to those uh young men and young women as they uh, head down next week and try to keep doing the thing baseball team of course had the big grand slam banquet on monday night always fun to be a part of that but they open the season at home this week omaha will be in here maybe get peyton man oh man how many how sick do you think those guys are here omaha omaha Friday at 6, Saturday at 3, Sunday at 1 as the Red Wolves take on Omaha. If you are, of course, you have radio broadcast all weekend, and then um, they're actually your TV broadcast Saturday and Sunday. Okay. No, no Friday night, but we'll have it Saturday and Sunday. We got our man uh, Will Oswald doing the Friday and Saturday broadcast, and when I get back from basketball, I'll be out there on Sunday.
looking forward to seeing those baseball guys for the first time. And they're not the only A-State team at home this weekend. How about the tennis team? They're hosting Arkansas Tech Friday at 2 at Ridgepoint. Bowling team hosting their midwinter invitational at Hijinks. That's coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm sure some of the best teams in the country yeah. coming in for that. Yeah, but and, and for a lot of reasons. Number one, they want to, you know, the best teams in bowling like to go compete against each other. Uh, they like to come compete at Hijinks. The great facility does a, a really good job hosting that event. So, yeah, big field on hand this weekend and expect big things from the Red Wolves there. And as far as the basketball teams, the men making the Alabama swing this week, they'll be at Troy. Troy team that's now tied for first place in the Sun Belt. They're 10-2, and two, tied with Appalachian State. How about that? App State suffered their second conference loss the other night to Texas State. Texas State team that struggled this year, but they've started to come on a little bit. But now App and Troy tied for that top spot. Red Wolves with the chance to go in there and pick up a huge win Thursday at 7.30. One of those uh, things um, like we saw week before where Troy and A-State are going to play on back-to-back Thursday nights. We'll make the Alabama swing this week, and then the Alabama teams will come see us next week. And then the Red Wolves, uh, after the game at Troy Thursday, will be in Mobile Saturday at 3 to take on South Alabama. The women will also be on the road. They'll be at Southern Miss Thursday at 5, and then... Saturday at 2, they'll be in Lafayette to take on the Ragin' Cajuns. And before we get to your final thoughts here, I do want to mention a bit of sad news that came from over the weekend. Fred Shepard, A-State Hall of Honor member from Northeast Arkansas, from Mark Tree, was a two-time All-Sun Belt player at A-State. I think came in 1989, played through the Mm 92-93 season. And, of course, I I wasn't around at that time, but uh, I know so many people just absolutely loved Fred Shepard and, unfortunately, passing away at the age of 53. Yeah, suddenly, which uh, is sad. Not Obviously, uh, too young, but started seeing that. Or Even though I think that might have happened Friday evening, really started seeing word to get out. Actually, during the men's game Saturday, Yeah, uh, that started circulating and – you know, as a kid growing up in Northeast Arkansas, man, it's just the name you heard. You heard John Tate and you heard Fred Shepard. And that's just kind of, the, honestly, the names you might have heard the most. And so I started going back and looking, you know, a 1,000-point score, I think 1,082 career points, still top 10 all-time uh, in career rebounds at Arkansas State. Fred Shepard shot 61% from the floor for his career. Oh, wow. Including, and, and that's fourth best in program history, but he had a season in there where he shot 69% from the field for the year. Guessing a lot of dunks I'd in say, there. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff right around the rim. And you said to be a Northeast Arkansas product, to be a Mark Tree Indian, and then come be an Arkansas State Indian and have a phenomenal career and leave an impact, certainly be missed and seen you know, a lot of stuff from his coaches and teammates and yeah. and fans over the last few days uh, talking about the the mark he made anything else we need to hit on before well, we get it's out interesting. Of here? i had one that i was going on okay and and then i and then i kind of said well i won't and we'll talk about fred shepherd instead i hadn't made notes to, to talk about fred shepherd in this time as well let me just say uh, okay we'll go on a little a, all right this, come on this the reader's digest version this past week like with the contest for the loudest Greek organization. One thing we did, uh, just as we had done uh, a couple times in the last couple of home games, is we didn't make the announcement of who won that contest until the under four media timeout in the second half. Yeah. And part of that, we're just being honest, is because back to Hal on the Hardwood night, they announced their awards at halftime. The Student Activities Board did. And when the awards got announced, some students left. And people outside the student section, they were just in arms. So I thought, well, that's easy fix. When we do it this way, we'll just we'll wait till the under four timeout. So you know, I'm watching the game. I'm not paying attention to that. But apparently, you know, maybe some students left after the under four timeout when their group didn't win. Maybe some left. And so I, you know, a little bit of social media or people ask me about: Is there a way to? I mean, how do you head that off? Well, number one, so let me just say this: We're not ever announcing the winners of those types of contests after the game ends. So picture this. Well, what, let me see. Your final score, <laughs> James Madison 77, Arkansas State 73. But 
There's good news. Congratulations to the KAs. You've won $500. No, it's never happening after the game ends. And But this is what I'd say. To, say two things to the people who are always kind of watching that. And, and, and I, I got no issue with people asking the question or pointing it out. But this, but this is my platform to kind of answer those questions. There's two yeah. things. Number one, I'd say the people that left coming out of the under four timeout weren't only sitting in the student section. Right? Yeah. There was a sellout over in the red and yellow entrances and over on the rail as we made that late charge because people were headed to the exit and stopped and kind of kept watching. So the student section didn't have the market cornered on people that were headed to the exit early. Mm-hmm. But even just within that, this is my question for people that are watching that so closely. If a student came to the game to see if their group won a contest, and when their group didn't win the contest, they're willing to get up and leave that game at the under four timeout in the second half, what did we lose with their departure? Nothing. Nothing. I will tell you, during those last couple of minutes, it got pretty electric in that you sure building. Did. Especially after Taryn Todd hit that three in the corner and got fouled. You could start to sense that, hey, we've got a chance yep. in this thing. And it was as loud as I can remember in a long time. I wasn't. Th- the furthest thing from my mind at that point was who's not there. Yeah. we get Sometimes as a whole, we get awful hung up on who's not there as opposed to just cutting up and having a big time with the ones who are. I thought the energy throughout the game Saturday was really good. I, I thought it, it was a good crowd in there Saturday. I did too. Even Here, though it was maybe 1,600 less than what was in there on Wednesday. Yeah. It, what's interesting is, uh, and this is just kind of, for the time being, what I'm saying to you is just going to be true. It, it, just, and, and then we'll, we'll, keep, we'll build on it and keep making it better over time. But what's interesting is that the student section for right now is going to be better on a weeknight than a weekend. And every other section in the place is going to be better on a weekend than it is on a weeknight. Yeah, that's, that's the way it is. More people turn out, non-students, your families and fans, it's easier for them to turn out on a weekend than it is a weeknight. And students, it's easier. They're more likely to come on a weeknight because like it or not, and I don't either, they go home on the weekend for now. And that's a slow process of trying to change that mindset. And we'll keep plugging away. But student section typically will be better on a weeknight. And the rest of the place, there's going to be a better turnout on the weekend. I thought we had two really good crowds. And that Saturday, yeah, they. the thing I like it is, is as it goes on here, the crowd grows. But also their ability to kind of know when, when it's time to get in the game. I mean, it's, uh, it's fun to watch that happen. Thanks to... Lauren Pendleton coming in, being a part of the show today. Really enjoyed our visit with L.A. Thanks to Davey Stinchcomb from A-State Media Relations for setting that one up for us. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.